Hey everybody, this is Alan Fine and I'm here with Anya Bauermeister, who is the Head of Tourism Information for Torgau, and Brigitte Verster, Head of Culture and Tourism Department for Torgau as well. Uh, I am here learning about this city, who, which is a wonderful place to send your clients when they've done everything and they are interested in the history of the Reformation and the end of World War II. Big, big topics we're going to cover here on Insider Travel Report. Thank you for hosting me and taking me around and, and opening my eyes to what Torgau has to offer. Uh, Anya, let's first uh, we'll go with you. Why Torgau? Why should travel advisors be sending people here? Um, because Torgau is a very historical and old Renaissance town and people who are already here tell us that they are really impressed about the amounts of old buildings, about the history which can still be seen everywhere in town, about our beautiful castle and, and, and. And so how do they get here? Um, they can go here um, if they uh, choose Leipzig. Um, they can go there by, by train. It takes them um, 45 minutes. And they can come by car as well, which takes them um, approximately one hour from Leipzig. And the distance to Berlin um, out one and a half hour by car. Yeah. And how much time should a guest uh, use or, or save for this trip? We recommend to plan two days a week and something like that. So there is a lot of time to see everything and also to recover during the uh, in the nature which, which is surrounding Torgau. So now uh, let's talk about the, the architecture. We, we've, when we started our tour this morning, we went, walked out into the big plaza. Tell us about that, please. Uh, we started at, at the market square and looked at the fountain. This uh, fountain shows a jester. His name was Klaus Nahr. He lived in the 15th century and uh, he was seen as a prophet. People admired him because he uh, talked about things that didn't happen uh, at this time. Uh, he really, he, he looked in the future. He knew we were going to talk about him. He probably, he told people, someday they're going to talk about me on Insider Travel Report. <laughs> he was really famous, and he walked at worked at the court, and uh, uh, the the electors they loved him, and they asked him for his advice. Also, he was a jester. Please tell us about the the buildings that you said they were from the Renaissance. Yes, uh, Torgau is a Renaissance town. Uh, all uh, buildings you can see in the center of the city were created in the 15th, 16th century. So Renaissance and Torgau was very lucky while the Second World War because it wasn't destroyed. All right, so then after the... Uh after that, we walked and we looked inside, hidden away, is the oldest church. Yes, the Nikolai Church, it's the oldest church uh, created in the 13th century. And uh, it's a place of historical importance because there worked a priest, his name was Valentin Tam. And uh, just two years after Martin Luther published his 95 Thesis, he, uh, he held the first baptism in a Protestant manner and uh, the first sermon in German language. And that were some of the most important statements of Martin Luther. So the start of the Reformation, we can say it, uh, that happened here at Torgau. 
So then we walked to a Franciscan Abbey. Yeah. Because it has this railing that begins the story of Catherine, which we're going to follow uh, as we do our tour. Tell us about the railing, please. This railing that was uh, part of an art project here in Torgau, and the figures show the, uh, the life of Catherine. When she was very young, only five years old, her father brought her into a monastery. Uh, she became a nun. Um, but later, uh, years later, she got the information of Martin Luther. And she decided that the life uh, as a nun in a, in a monastery, that's not what God wants from her. So she decided to leave this monastery, but she needed help. Uh, there was a trader, a counselor here from Torgau. His name was Leonard Koppel, and he helped 12 nuns to escape of this abbey. And Catherine, Catherine von Bora, that was uh, her first name, uh, she stayed for uh, two years in the house of Lukas Kranach the Elder. She lived there for two years, and then um, she was asked uh, what she wants to do, whom she wants to marry. And she herself, she said, I would like to marry Martin Luther. Yeah, now that's reaching. That's, yes. yeah. Yes, that's very special because at this period, women uh, didn't have many rights. Uh, um, they were not allowed to sign a contract or everything. Normally, uh, girls didn't go to school. Uh, there was no need for them uh, to learn read, uh, to read, reading and uh, writing. But it's interesting, it was Martin Luther. He said, uh, no, as well, the girls have to learn uh, to read and to write um, because they must uh, be able to read the Bible um, to care for, for their souls. So then uh, they actually uh, married and, and because of that uh, she was able to have uh, uh, more influence. Yes, and uh, she was really, she played an important role uh, as wife from Martin Luther. She uh, founded uh, a student's pension, uh, so a lot of students uh, lived together with Martin Luther, and they wrote down the ideas and the statements of Martin Luther. Uh, we call these, um, uh, these written informations the, uh, the table talks, and we know a lot about uh, the person of Martin and uh, about the, the ideas and uh, the reforms uh, just because of these table talks and just because of the students. According to the banister uh, we're, and, and the rest of our tour, we're going to then see uh, later in life when she uh, had an accident, broke her hip, and then we're going to go to her uh, final uh, residence. So now we went where to next? Uh, she lived in Wittenberg, but in Wittenberg the uh, plague broke out. Uh, people escaped from Wittenberg and uh, Catherine wanted to go to Torgau together with her two youngest children. But when she arrived at Torgau, she had an accident. She fell down from the horse-drawn chariot and broke her pelvis. And then she was brought here in Torgau uh, into, a, in, into a house and there was a woman, a widow. She cared very, very good for her. But also, at this time, there was no help uh, for Catherine. She died a few months later. And then the next day, she was buried in Torgau. And uh, her grave uh, is still here in Torgau in the town church, St. Mary. Okay, we'll see that in a moment. But meanwhile, the death house has become a, a wonderful museum. Yes. And uh, as I know, it's 
the only uh, museum, the only exhibition uh, that uh, is uh, that concerns the life of Catherine Luce. And let's talk about that statue that's in the middle. And it shows Catherine on the one side as a very shy woman when she was a nun, of course, she didn't have to say uh, very much. But on the other side, we can see the self-determined woman, uh, very brave. She looks straight into the eyes of everybody who looks at her. And so that shows the, the very interesting person of Catherine. The museum also shows how uh, much of a public figure Catherine was and and so because there's a lot of um, memorabilia uh, almost like she's a rock star so to speak <laughs> yeah. uh, let's talk about that please Yes, uh, at this time, Martin Luther and his wife, Catherine as well, they were really very famous and well known. Uh, we've got a lot of paintings uh, about Catherine as well, and that wasn't common that a woman was painted. Um, that shows they all uh, knew very well about the important role of Catherine, um, uh, who supported and, and uh, helped uh, his, uh, uh, her husband. So next we went to the priest's house. Tell us about that, please. Georg Spalatin, he worked as a private secretary of the elector. So he was really in the center of the power. He had the possibility to protect Martin Luther and to, um, to find new allies for, for the Reformation. There are a lot of letters written by Georg Spalatin. Uh, we we uh, can read them today. And that shows that he was a networker. He had the contact with uh, a lot of people, very important for the Reformation. And the other one, um, who's shown in this exhibition, uh, John Walter, he was a musician. He translated hymns from the Latin language, and in these songs he described the ideas of Martin Luther. He wrote the first hymn book, the first chant book for the Protestant Church, and together with Martin Luther, they invented the new liturgy for the Protestant sermon. So each person about we talk, uh, Spalatin, John Walter, Lukas Kranach, each one on his position was very important for the, for the Reformation. Not to be crass, but the way I hear this is this, this was his marketing department because you're talking about a, a populace that they, they couldn't read. And so how do you get this new information, this new way of thinking out? Well, you do it through uh, pictures for paintings. You do it through music. Uh, you do it through an oral legacy. And so these gentlemen uh, were really uh, uh, supporters in that respect. Yes. And, and very important. We went from there to the church where Catherine's buried. Yes, that's a town church, St. Marriage. And inside we've got uh, her original tombstone donated from her children. And uh, this tombstone uh, shows the coat of arms of Martin Luther and as well of her original family von Bora. And in her hands, she has a book, and of course, that's the Bible, because that was the first and the main sta statement of her husband. He said, the Bible is the only source of our religion. All right, so then we went up to the palace, and the first thing you see is a moat. Tell us what was in the moat. 
uh, in this mode there are three brown bears and that's not only a joke uh, for the tourists but uh, it has tradition uh, it was uh, the elector who gave the order to dig this bear mode because he loved to hunt And uh, in the high days of the castle, there were uh, around about 300 people who used to work for the elector and his family. And all these people needed food. And they brought them, the, the living bears, inside this bear moat. And later on, they were eaten. Well, no, but they didn't hunt them in the moat. They, they grew them there and then they yeah. sent them out. And, yeah. Okay. Mm -hmm. Now, um, in the castle, <clears throat> we see a couple of interesting things. One is this spiral staircase. Tell us about that, please. This spiral staircase is really very special. Uh, there's only one you can compare, and that's uh, in the Castle Blois in France. Uh, this spiral staircase uh, is only stabilized by the uh, pillar's exterior. So uh, people, even today, we wonder how were they able, 500 years ago, to construct such a, a spiral staircase and uh, that it still stands today and then we climbed it and I got some shots of the palace and then uh, but at the top of the stairs there's a doorway Yes, this doorway, um, it shows the electors, it shows Frederick the Wise. He gave the order to kidnap Martin Luther. That was a trick. Uh, yeah, so that was the thing. I said kidnap him, but he kind of wanted to go. Well, you couldn't let the powers that be know that you were actually rescuing him. Yes, he, he, uh, he wanted to protect him, but he didn't want to, uh, to be attacked by the emperor and by the pope. So it was a trick. Um, he said, uh, we... Uh, we will kidnap him. Uh, he gave the order to bring him to, to a castle of his own. Not knowing which one. He had three or more. Yes. So he, he couldn't go to the emperor or to the pope. And he could say very seriously, I don't know where, it, where he is, Martin Luther. But he knew that he's safe. Um, also, there's... An example of early 1500 graffiti? <laughs> yes. We always uh, talk about the use today and uh, that they make and, and like graffiti. But even 500 years ago, uh, inside, uh, we found these graffitis that, that are uh, special words, um, but written on the pillars. Yeah. So from the spiral staircase, we went to the church that's inside the palace. Yes, uh, it's a very famous church because uh, worldwide it's the first church which was constructing, uh, which was constructed from the beginning as a Protestant church, and uh, this church was consecrated by Martin Luther himself. The pulpit inside it's the original one where he stood and hold uh, and held the first sermon in this church. So we, we've got a lot of tourists world from worldwide who want to see this church because they know it was consecrated by uh, Martin Luther himself. And he died uh, one and a half year later, so it's the only church he consecrated himself. Now as a finale, let's talk about <clears throat> the, the really uh, human story of trying to uh, end World War II in this area and, and what that was like. Uh, you took me to a location of a monument and, and then told me a really great story. That's the monument of the Link Up, and it was created in order by the Soviet Army. 
just at the end uh, of the Second World War. And um, the reason why it is here is that the American and the Soviet Army, they met each other here. So uh, in Torgo started uh, uh, the beginning of the end of the Second World War. That was April the 25th, 1945. But um, how it happened, this contact between these big armies, um, that wasn't planned. It was by chance. There were a few soldiers who didn't obey the, their orders. Um, and they decided to want uh, that they wanted uh, to make the contact, and uh, they were very ambitious. Um, so weren't they going to rescue someone as well? Yes, uh, the American officer that was Second Lieutenant Bill Robertson, uh, because he didn't obey his order, when he returned to the headquarters, he was arrested and uh, announced that he would be court-martialed. But later on, when they recognized the generals that. Uh, now the link up happened and um, that uh, this contact of course it was they wanted it so he they released him and later on he became a hero correct me if I'm wrong the powers that be wanted someone higher up to make the link up with Russia and because of the uh, extreme uh, zealousness of this of this uh, second lieutenant trying to rescue people uh, he actually was the one that went up on the castle and didn't wave a white flag because that would mean surrender he actually found something to color it to make it look like a, a makeshift flag I mean he went to a lot of effort to get court-martialed but anyway so he, he was able to get the uh, Russians to trust that this wasn't a trap and just imagine you would you really painted a picture of them going across the bridge and not knowing you know is this a trap or not uh, and so they, he, he endured all that only to be almost court-martialed but then tell us what happened uh, the soldiers they they were very glad about the contact uh, and uh, they became friends um, lieutenant um, Bill Robertson and lieutenant Alexander um, uh, Zelvashko that was the officer of the Ukra first Ukrainian front the soldiers on the other river side um, they were really happy they became friends and um, um, and they met each other again uh, years ago here in Torgau um, we have a big uh, festival it's called the Elbe day and they uh, for several times they met each other again uh, so we have a picture of them like 40 years later yes um, they uh, met each other again 1985 so that was uh, 50 uh, uh, 40 years after uh, the link up here in Torgau and um, and, they, and they became a residence of Horne here in Torgau. Now, this flag, that the makeshift flag, we also have a picture after he was he was thrown in the clink, he was thrown in jail, but then he went from, uh, he got promoted twice. First time, uh, we don't have a picture of it, and then we, tell us about that second picture. Yeah, he started at, as a second lieutenant, but uh, later on, uh, a general who wrote uh, to uh, his uh, patrol, um, he con congratulated the soldiers, and he said that was so... Uh, so extraordinary what happened at Torgau. Uh, he promoted each member of this patrol one rank, so Bill Robertson became first lieutenant. But later on, then General Eisenhower, when he got the information what happened at, uh, as, uh, at Torgau, he invited this patrol again, 
And Bill Robertson, he was a very smart person. Uh, later on, he uh, studied medicine. He gave this flag, this hand-drawn flag, as a gift to General Eisenhower. And he liked this story and what happened at uh, Torgau so much, so he promoted again each member of this patrol. So uh, only one week, uh, Bill Robertson became a captain. Right. <laughs> from from jail to captain. Yeah, yeah. That's that's how you do it. Yeah. Okay. Um, also, let's talk about the monument itself and the fact there's no uh, there's barely a mention of the U.S. there. Yes, uh, it was constructed in order of the Soviet Army uh, just a few days after the link up here in Torgau. And uh, it's a monument of the link up. It shows the American and the Soviet flag. <coughs> But when, it was, when the construction work was finished in autumn 1945, the Soviet army didn't invite uh, for the inauguration the American uh, side. So just a few months after the link up here, the, the Cold War started and uh, they, they didn't uh, had a festival together. But then you showed me, we looked across the river and we saw three flagpoles. And you explained to me uh, what, and then you showed me a picture of what it looks like looking back toward the palace. Explain, please, what that was. Uh, the idea for this monument had the veterans uh, of uh, the Second World War, and uh, they wanted to create a new monument. And this monument normally shows the three flags, the American and the, so and the Russian flag. And um, the Allied said, uh, today, after so many years of peace between our nations, we want to have a monument uh, added as well as the German flag. So normally it shows these three flags, but uh, since one and a half year, of course, uh, you know we have a problem, um, the, the Ukrainian war. So uh, uh, today you can't see these flags. One reason for it is that the soldiers uh, on the other side who made the contact uh, with, the uh, with the American soldiers, they were members of the first Ukrainian front. So of course, uh, for Togo, it's uh, a special tragedy, the Ukrainian war. And that was my day. And I think it was rushed and it should be taken over a weekend, as Anya said. Now let's tell our travel advisors how to get more information. Um, they can contact us, uh, can see our homepage, which is, is www.tic-torgau.de. And um, we are happy if we can give them uh, information they need. We have uh, tour guides as Birgit, who can guide uh, groups uh, in English through town. And of course, there are a lot of possibilities to go uh, for individual travelers. We developed a tour which can be um, shown on the on on your on your phone, um, so people get all information they need if you uh, want if they want to visit Torgau. Thank you both for, for showing me and opening my eyes, and I hope it helps all you guys know more about the area, too. And this is Alan Fine for Insider Travel Report.